Hello, and welcome to 15 Minutes to Change the World, where in 15 minutes or less, you can learn a bit more about the world and how you can help change it for the better. My name is Lama Al-Safi, and I'm the host of this podcast. You've likely heard the term care package before, but did you know that it originated with care? 75 years ago, the first and original care packages were sent to La Havre, France, to provide essentials to those who had lost so much during the Second World War. From once providing to today empowering, care has come a long way in 75 years. Marking this special anniversary with us today is Care International Secretary General, Sofia Sprechman Sinero. Sophia has worked with CARE for over 27 years in various roles and remains dedicated to transforming power relations inside and outside of the organization. Her unshakable commitment to women and girls is drawn from many years of working alongside some of the world's most marginalized communities. Sophia joins us remotely from Ecuador today. Sophia, we're thrilled to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. It is me who is thankful. Thank you so much for inviting me to join today. Thank you. Um, Sophia, we'll dig right in. Can you briefly explain the care package, please, and how care first got its start 75 years ago? Yes, of course. And um, care, uh, and, and you mentioned it already, was, um, was started at a very turbulent time, exactly after the end of, of World War II, where in the United States, a, a group of citizens came together and um, they, after negotiating with multiple government agencies, they uh, took possession of 2.8 million food uh, rations um, and they became the care packages. And the care packages were sent to, to war-torn Europe um, really as a, as a helping hand. And it became since then a symbol of, of hope and, and, and solidarity. So uh, that's when CARE was born, uh, to be precise. It was um, on November 27, 1945. And CARE stood at that time for Cooperative for American Remittances to Europe. Since then, we have evolved to become one of the largest poverty-fighting organizations in the world, providing relief to people hit by disasters and emergencies, but also contributing to economic empowerment, strengthening livelihoods over the long term, not just the short term. And in all of our work, we place special focus these days on women and girls and on gender equality in the poorest countries in the world. Currently, we are present in uh, over 100 countries, 104 to be precise. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also use our influence to represent the most marginalized communities and advocate on their behalf in global policy debates. So, you know, we've come a long way, but that's uh, the origin of the CARE package. And Sophia, you yourself have been with CARE for 25 years. Um, can you tell our listeners, please, a bit about the different roles and experiences you've had uh, in this time? Sure, yes. I started actually 27 years ago <laughs> this year, so even longer. Um, so I started in 94, in July 94, in, uh, as a project manager in rural Cambodia. It was a sexual and reproductive health project. Um, I went from managing um, a project to 
supporting the Asia region. I was then still based in Cambodia uh, to do impact assessments uh, for another three years um, on the whether our projects, our programs, our humanitarian assistance was having an impact on uh, the poorest and most marginalized people in the world. So that was a very important opportunity in which uh, I really learned that it was not only important to show that and make a case for the work that makes this difference and to be also scrutinized and be held accountable for it, but then take this case, and that was then my next role, to influence national policy. Because if projects, care projects, uh, humanitarian and long-term development projects find solutions that actually make a dent on poverty, it is then our responsibility to influence also national policy changes, education policy. So I became... um, global advocacy coordinator to insert more policy influence in all of our programs. At that time, that was the year 2000, my son was born and I had a very global job. Uh, By the time he was 24 months, my son, he had traveled to 24 countries with me. So that as an aside, as an anecdote. And after that role, I became program director for Latin America uh, and the Caribbean. And since 2012, I joined the Care International Secretariat first as as program director globally to shape our program strategy. What should be CARES impact? What are we committing to globally? What difference do we want to make? And for the last 11 months, since June of, uh, of last year, I've now been Secretary General for CARE. So it's been a long journey, an amazing journey. I've had the opportunity to visit and work in over 70 countries in which CARE has a, a presence in these 27 years met amazing colleagues that have uh, taught me everything I know today. Sophia, throughout your, your journey with CARE and across these 70 countries that, um, that you've worked with and, and in, I wonder what are the biggest changes that you've seen with CARE as an organization, but, but also in international development and humanitarian work in general? What's been the, the biggest change you've seen over this time? Fortunately, many. Fortunately, many. I'm, I'm from Uruguay, from South America, and I was a, a young 25-year-old woman when I arrived in 94 in in Cambodia. And I was actually struck because I didn't expect this to be this way when I joined this line of work, which was always my dream and passion as an adolescent. I read Gandhi and Martin Luther King. And, you know, I really wanted to join this. And I was, to be honest, quite, quite impacted by the power imbalances And uh, between those in particular that allocate the resources, the donors, the global north, and those that receive them, this was always obvious to me. Now it's more openly acknowledged. And I think we've come a long way, but we also have a long way to go. I mean, for me, the urgency has for this change has always been there. And uh, unfortunately, especially in the last year, this agenda has become more urgent and pressing in the context of the call to decolonize aid and dismantle white supremacy in our sector. I think this is a very welcome pressure for change that is honestly long overdue. So we are certainly still in in the process of also unpacking what it means in in our sector and in care. I'm proud to say that care and, and all staff are really rising to meet the challenge of how we redefine ourselves and the sector in, I think, what should be a new era for international NGOs. Then another critical topic I would mention is we've become more accountable and transparent about uh, our strengths and also about 
our weaknesses. In fact, uh, just a few weeks ago, we released a scorecard report uh, where we self-assessed uh, our own commitment to the grant bargain. Um, that is how many and how much of our funds are channeled through women's rights and women's led organization. And we've noted clear gaps and that we can really be much better partners to women's rights organizations. So there I've also seen a much greater uh, commitment to accountability and transparency that personally I'm very, very excited about. Considering, Sophia, considering the movement towards decolonization of aid and localization, I wonder, as you see it, what are the biggest challenges and opportunities as we look to redefine ourselves as care and as well within the sector? Well, I think in, in the future, um, care will be less about care as an organization and will be hopefully much more inclusive of the rich network of local partners that we work with. So I'm thinking that in future, you know, we want to really support much more locally led development and humanitarian response that is led by others. And I like to think of locally led, but also globally connected. I also believe that there is a role for a global organization to support locally led development and humanitarian response, but also to look at that in-between inequality between Global North and Global South and to address that and to use the learning from locally-led development and humanitarian response to be a strong voice for uh, more equality globally and not just within the borders of one country. So I think that's where I see CARE's future, that we play you know, that, that very critical role of uh, supporting locally-led and connecting globally and promoting global solidarity for justice and for equality. What about uh, the care package that the world needs now? What would be a care package that, that would ensure that we build a more equal world? It's a really good question, actually. Um, I, you know, the, the care package, of course, as a symbol of hope, solidarity and, and courage. I think that essence remains relevant. And in today's complex world, when actually so many are suffering from the ongoing impact of the pandemic and the looming threat of the climate crisis and also war. So, you know, that it remains relevant. But the care package, and I think that's important too, was not only that symbol of hope, it was also a very practical solution to a complex problem, which I also think lies at the heart of how we work at CARE. We do not always need to reinvent the wheel to move forward. There are many frameworks like the sustainable development goals being the most obvious that offer also blueprints to how we can move forward during complex times. And these must not get lost in the various debates around building forward that uh, are currently you know, held uh, worldwide. So, you know, we, we have an unprecedented opportunity right now. As governments are set to spend millions on recovery, we need to ask pointed questions about how and where that investment is best made now and in the future, also by including and encouraging the donor community to be less obsessive with compliance and more comfortable with risk, both of which are key barriers to locally led and, and globally connected and to gender equality. So I think it requires the will and motivation of those in power 
to think beyond their own borders, to understand that no one is safe until everyone is safe, as is uh, often said these days, and to work together with hope, courage, and solidarity to do so. And finally, Sophia, how can our listeners support and encourage dialogue and positive change in international development and humanitarian work? In many, many ways, you know, encourage the people nearby, your, your friends, your neighbor, to really look beyond your national borders, anywhere you sit, and look at the importance of a global solidarity chain. I think now that is more critical than ever, and COVID has shown that. And COVID is also a concern because, you know, since it has impacted all of the world, there may be a tendency to look more kind of in-house, you know, into the most immediate issues. But again, we will not be safe until everyone is safe. I think, you know, if you can, and if you're in a country where it's possible to also reach policymakers, be a voice for those most marginalized and most discriminated against. And um, at CARE, we, we, on our website, you, you can see, plenty of, of information that will provide you with ammunition for, you know, with, with truly telling the stories of those most in need. And then again, just always go back to your heart and what really matters to what you truly believe in, which I am sure those listening today is precisely a world of justice, a world of equality where poverty has been overcome and people live in dignity and security. Sophia, it's been wonderful chatting with you today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule um, to join us for this discussion. And thank you for your dedication as well. On a personal note, um, I'd like to add, um, thank you for your dedication and, and work um, with CARES Mission. Thank you for reaching out. It's, uh, it's, it's a true honor to be part of CARE and to be part of that wider community that fights for justice. Thank you, Sophia. And um, thank you as well to all of our listeners for tuning in. You can find every episode of 15 Minutes to Change the World on Spotify, iTunes, and at care.ca slash podcast.